Praise God. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Ain't he good? The psalmist David said, Brother Philip said, in his presence is the fullness of joy. I tell you, it gets heavy sometimes. Sometimes, Brother Jerry, you wouldn't want to be around me when I get in the presence of the Lord. All that snotting and crying and weeping, you say, my Lord, boy. But when I get there, I just want to be left alone. Don't you? I mean, we press to get to that place. Because there's something in us that says, get to God. My wife would tell me that. I said, be going through a storm. She said, you need to get to church, boy. Yeah. And she's telling the truth. Let me give you a little testimony as we get going here tonight. So I've been hunting for some staff at the place I work at. And uh, we get a gentleman to come in and we begin to interview him. And hey, I'm just... Uh, Interviewing a man for a maintenance job. And in the midst of the interview, all of a sudden he just lets out and starts talking about God. And he tries to shut up. He said, I'm sorry, sir. I don't, I don't usually do this. I never told him a thing. He'd talk a little, we'd talk a little bit about the job and he gets talking about the Lord. He said, I just, got, I, just, I just feel like I got to tell you this. I said, well, you know, you, you go ahead. He'd tell me, and, and uh, the maintenance supervisor was in on the interview. It was two of us. I was just sitting there really enjoying the interview myself. And uh, he'd talk a little more. He said, I, 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 I just got to, he said, I don't know why I got to keep doing this. He said, he said, I had colon cancer. And he said, I'd been going and going to the doctor and letting them look at me and letting them do what they wanted to do to me. He said, I just made up my mind one day, God was going to heal me. And uh, yeah, made up his mind. Sometimes that's all it takes, you know. God said, it's mine and I'm going to have it. God said, it's mine and I'm going to have it. You might make some folk mad, but God said it's mine and I'm going to have it. Amen. Have you ever made anybody mad over your faith? They say, won't you just, Job, won't you just go on and curse God and die? No, I don't think I will. I think I'll just keep right on expecting God to do what he said he was going to do. That man said, he said, you know what? He said, he said, I knew the moment God healed me. He said, I called the doctors. I don't know what he was going through. I don't know what kind of treatment they was giving him. But he told the doctor, said, Doctor, I don't even have to come and see you no more. Said, God Almighty's done healed me. The doctor, you know, he said, well, now, uh, you know, that's, that's all good. But you come on down here and let me keep on doing what I'm doing. That, and he said, I, I, I'm telling you, God healed me. He said, they come on. He had to finally go on. The doctor kept on and kept on. Said they went down and went to checking. I, I think he was actually going for a surgery. They said they opened him up, closed him up. And the doctor told him, said, I've never seen it, not in my life. He said, not only do you not have cancer. He said, but there's not even a sign of cancer that it had ever been there before and I the doctor said and I know it was there and you know be, being the curious man I am I said to buddy how, who, who prayed for you Where, where'd you go to church to get that see we often think we got to go somewhere and get some man to pray for us or or some ministry that we've heard about but how many know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? How many know that he is no respecter of person? That he'll honor your prayer just as much as he'll honor anybody else's prayer if you will pray it with a sincere faith believing. 
that guy grinned. He said, you know what? He said, nobody. He said, no minister laid their hands upon me. He said, but I made up my mind that the Lord said that we, if we would anoint ourselves, you know, it does say call for the elders, but he's a minister. He said, so every morning I just got up and anointed myself and spoke to myself and commanded this flesh to obey the word of God and to be made whole. And he said, I prayed it and I prayed it and morning after morning I got up and anointed myself and I kept doing it and doing it and the devil told me to stop. Everybody said I was foolish uh, but I made up my mind that the word of God is true. Uh, that the promises of God are yea and amen uh, and I refuse not to have it. Give him a praise in this place. Oh, I'm going somewhere. This ain't even the message, but it's all right. So morning after morning, he got up and spoke to himself. Spoke. The Bible says, speak unto this mountain. Be thou plucked up and cast into the sea. Speak unto this sycamore tree. And so shall it be. It ain't, you, it ain't just thinking. You can't think it. You can't think mountain, move. No, the Lord said, speak unto this mountain. See, that's what, the, that's what he said. He said, speak. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. This, this is something God wants me to put in the hearing in several folks, folk under the sound of my voice tonight. Because you're going through some things, but it just don't seem like you're getting anywhere. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. Billy Meadows was up here. I don't know how many Sundays ago it was. Matter of fact, I think I might have been the one preaching. But he had come up, and, and the apostle, Brother Jim Angle, he come up and prayed for Billy. And I listen, I listen when I, when I know these generals are in the house. You hear what I'm saying? And he is. You better believe it. To God be the glory. But he told Billy something. He said, Billy... He said, you get up every day and you speak to that back and you command it to come under subjection to God. Now listen, and I heard it. Well, I got ankles that are so bad, the doctors told me, said if you was a young man, I said, well, thank you, Doc. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for the vote of confidence. <laughs> He took him ankles, and, and them things are so wore out. Where I'd hike up in them mountains after them old white-tailed deer and them turkeys and rabbits. and I mean, they plumb wore out. And I, I love to get outside. I can't not stand to just sit still. I just can't. And so uh, every once in a while, those things come into hurting so bad, they literally put me down. But I heard what the man said. And so I've been getting up every day. And I actually told my wife, too. I said, you be praying for me. Because, you know, I, I was even considering going back to the doctor and tell him, Doc, I don't care how old you think I am or how ugly you think I am. I want these things fixed. You hear what I'm saying? But I got to thinking about something, Sister Linda. Well, wonder why I'm bypassing the great physician. Wonder why I would wonder why I'd have to sit around and worry about it when he said, by his stripes I'm healed. Why do I have to sit and wonder about it when he said healing is the children's bread and a Gentile could come that was considered to be a dog, but she had faith enough to get Jesus to move and cross the boundary from ministering to a Jew to a Gentile. So I just get up and say, ankles, in the name of Jesus, I command you, obey the word of God and be healed because it is written. And Isaiah 53 and 5 declared that by his stripes I'm healed. I'm healed. Flesh, did you hear it? Somebody under the sound of my voice tonight, you need that. You're going through some things. 
Sis, you one of them. I felt that in my spirit. Get up every day. I don't even know what the situation is. It's really none of my business. Amen. But get up every day and speak to it. And when God does it, go on and give him a praise. Go on and worship him for doing it. Because thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's because the blood that was shed that gives you a right to every promise in the book. And when he does it, don't dispraise him for it. But tell of it. Testify of what the Lord has done. And there's some others under the sound of my voice tonight. You're going to put this in practice. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to whip the devil. You know what else you're going to do? You're going to see some of your loved ones come in and give their hearts to Jesus. Because day by day, you're going to refuse to move from what thus saith the Word of God. Amen. It's good to see Brother Tommy coming. We seen it before he got here, didn't we, sis? It's amazing what can happen and the victories that we can win if we will do one thing, live by faith. Live by faith in an almighty God that the Bible declared ain't anything impossible for him. But you know we're more alike than we are different. We fight the fight of faith, and it seems like the enemy fights us so hard until we just give up and revert back to what we know according to the natural. Don't feel bad because the disciples done it. The very disciples that walked with the Lord Jesus, after all they had seen, and after they had seen him raise Lazarus from the dead and make blind Bartimaeus to see, and they seen him walk up on the water, and they seen him speak to the storm and command it to be still, and it's and it just laid right down. And then before Jesus left, he gave them a great commission. Go you into all this world and preach this gospel. But after Jesus had left, what did Peter say? He said, I go a fishing. That's what he said. And some of the, what, what will, will amaze you, some of the other disciples they didn't know nothing about fishing. They done got so lost and so confused and didn't know what to do until they said, Peter, we go a fishing with you. Tonight, if I had a title, it would be that God's getting ready to touch your reset button. God's getting ready to refocus you. On the things that are really important. And as you get focused on the things that are really important. There will not be a storm that will arise up in your life. That could stop you. Because you're going to really see what's important. You're going to really see who you are in Christ. And the power that you possess. To conquer everything hell throws at you. See, there was a man that was a, a minister. And in this particular denomination, and I'll not name it, because let me tell you something, my friend. When the rapture takes place, uh, there'll be people in the Pentecost that go, uh, and there'll be people in the Pentecost that stay. There'll be people in the Baptist that go, and there'll be people in the Baptist that stay. There'll be people in the church of God that go, and there'll be people in the church of God that stay. Because Jesus said, not everybody that comes unto me and says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said they would even argue with him and say, but Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name and work many wonderful works in your name? And he's going to look at them, Brother Philip, and he's going to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Let me tell you, the first order of business is not to work for Jesus Christ. The first order of business is not trying to get somewhere that you can prophesy to somebody. 
The first order of business is not to get to a place that you can lay hands upon the sick and see them recover. The first place of business is not to be able to pray a prayer that would make somebody just sit in awe. The first place of business is not to know the Word of God through and through. Though you need it, you need the words, you need prayer, you need the gifts of the Holy Ghost operating in you. But for heaven's sake, don't forget the very principal thing that he died for. and That was to bring you back into a relationship with him. Press to know Jesus. Press that Jesus knows you. Walk with him. Follow him. Don't let nothing else ever take you from that. And as you do that, all those other wonderful things will come. There was a rich young ruler trying to justify himself. And he come to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, you know what the scriptures say. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt have no other gods, so forth and so on. And in my mind, I can just picture the young, rich ruler as he rolled back and said, all of these things from my youth I have kept. Jesus told him, if thou will be made perfect, go and sell all that you got. Now listen, don't get hung up on that. God's folk can have things. Did you hear me? I said God's folk can have things. Did he not say we'd be blessed in the city, blessed in the field? Did he not say if we would prove him with our tithes and offerings that he'd open up the windows of heaven and pour us out blessings that we couldn't contain? You can't worship it. You can't put it before Jesus Christ. You can take it and use it for the kingdom. That's what it's for. The, the, the Bible said work that you might have. Why? So you can give. He said it's better to give than to receive. Give and it shall be given back unto you. Press down, shaken together and running over. You'll never outgive God. So don't get caught up on that. He said go and sell everything you got. Here's what to get caught up on. And come and follow me. Come and follow me. We got, a, we got a false doctrine running right through our churches. I said right through the churches that, that it's all about you. That, that everything's about you. That he died to give you a Cadillac and a house and, and everything your little heart desires. No, ma'am and no, sir. He loves you. He wants you to be blessed, but it ain't about you. It's all about Him. That's why He said, first deny yourself. First deny yourself. Yourself is a bigger enemy than Lucifer himself. First deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. You want the summit of life? It's found nowhere on God's green earth. Except following Jesus. Except following Him sold out. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed to be a Christian. That man in that office, I don't know why the Lord made me tell this to you. But that man in that office, he just kept on. And he said, I don't know why in an interview I got to keep talking about the Lord. Brother Jerry, I was just going to let him go as far as he wanted to. I wasn't going to. I was going to sit over and act like a heathen for a little while. Just see what he done. <laughs> it's all right. 
it's all right. Finally, my buddy said, you don't know, but he's a minister too. <laughs> and then we really had some church. I had a guy come in one time, and how I many know sometimes that folk think you're a Christian, and they just try to play off of that. You know, they, they just want to play off of it. So he come up, and I could, see, that's the bad thing about discerning. You can discern, and you just still got to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So this guy come up in the office, and I was interviewing him for a job, and, and I could tell what he was doing. It kind of made my belly turn over. This guy that I was talking about that I just recently interviewed was not like that, but this guy was prostituting the gospel. He was trying to use the gospel to get what he wanted. That's not how it works. And it kind of made my stomach turn. And I let him go on enough to, to let, let, get him to let me know he was a Christian. And I told him, I said, buddy, you say you a Christian? Yes, I do. I said, you believe that man really died and got up from a grave? Yes, I do. I said, you mean you believe uh, that he really got up and he's living, sitting at the right hand of the Father, forever interceding with, for us? He's our high priest, and that is coming again? He said, I sure do. I done got him so mad, Brother Brent, that he did, he's about ready to spit ten penny nails. And I said, you know what? He said, what? I said, I believe it too. <laughs> I said, I believe the very thing you believe. Man come to work for me and worked for me for 10, 12, 13 years. I, I don't even know. Hey, we're an ambassador everywhere we go. Listen. It's something I... It's something that stays before me continually. How many know that we really, truly, we have to watch out for our souls? We got to watch. You, you, you got to, I got to watch for my soul. Can't nobody watch for my soul like I can watch for my soul. Brother Don, I got to make it home to heaven, Brother. There's one thing on my bucket list. You hear everybody talking about they got a bucket list? My bucket list is to make it home to heaven, Brother Phillips, above everything. Amen. We, we're living in an unfriendly world towards Christians, towards the gospel. But we must stand strong. We must be unmovable, steadfast, always working and abounding. Unashamed. I got to make it home to heaven. I got to watch. I got to pray. Because the Bible said he's coming in an hour that they think not. Oh, I think he's coming. But I tell you, there's a world outside these walls. They ain't no more looking for Jesus Christ to come than a man in the moon. But there's something on the inside of me crying out, it's close. I don't know the day nor the hour. If I was to tell you I did, I hope you look me in the face and say, Mr. Whitlock, you are a liar. Because I would be. No man knows the day nor the hour. But I do believe we know the seasons. I believe that prophecy reveals that it's close. The gathering of the nations of this world are lining up to prophecy. Israel, amen, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 11, where the Lord said he would regather the rejected and bring them back to their land. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 16, he said he'd bring them back in such a fashion it'd be like a highway. They coming in on planes and they coming in on trains and they coming in on boats uh, and they're walking in mass groups getting to Israel. 
far as I can tell. And I don't profess to be no Bible scholar. But as far as I can tell, the regathering of, of those Jews and, and, the, and the signing of the document that Israel was once a nation is, a, is the Trump prophecy that will be the generation that sees his coming. It's on us. It's on us. There was a missionary. I'm going to get his name right here. Somebody give Jesus a praise in this place. I hope I pronounce his name right, but C.T. Studd, S-T-U-D-D. Listen, I can't half spell, so y'all have to hang with me. I can't half read, but I know something. I'm on my way to heaven tonight. Above all things, I got to know heaven will be my home. Brother Phillips, I know, listen, this salvation ain't a I hope so. It's not a I wonder if. Uh, I'm telling you that when you saved, uh, you know that you saved. I know tonight by the grace of God that I'm saved because I'm not the man I used to be. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things uh, have become new. And the things I once loved, uh, I now hate. And the things I once hated, I now love. I can recognize the change. I can feel His presence with me. I know His voice. My sheep know my voice. And a stranger, they'll not follow if, I, if, if the Lord said, Whitlock, I'm going to take you out in the, in the next 15 seconds. You got this one line to minister to the people tonight. Be your last words you ever said in time. I'd say, folk, go for Jesus. Go to know him like you've never known him before. Do everything in your power to get to Jesus. If the world says it's radical, do it anyway. If a church says it's radical, do it anyway. If the flesh fights you, fight it back. But do everything in your power to get to Jesus, to know Him, to walk with Him. Listen to what this man said. He said, only one life. That's all we got, folk, is just one life. One life to live. That's it. It's like a vapor, the Bible declares. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Just one life to live. This is it. Then we face eternity. One life, just one. It will soon come to pass. One life. That'll soon come to pass. And only what we do for Christ will last. All these other goose chases that the devil's got us on, all these other storms and battles that rage on, all of our wants and our desires and our dreams, outside of Christ, they're all vain. They all will amount to nothing. God's hitting the reset button tonight.
Ain't he a good God? Don't feel bad if he has to set your reset button tonight. Because he's had to set my reset button several times. Because life, just life, has got a way to drag us away. We could be drug away and think everything's all right. I'm, I'm going to church and paying my tithes. But we're so far from Jesus. We're going through all the religious formats. But we're so far from Jesus. He said in the end they'd have a form of godliness. It would look like it. Well, look at Brother Whitlock. He's preaching. He's got to be all right. Well, look at this and or that. They show up at church every day. Well, look at this, and they on the church board. Well, look at this, and man, can't they play that piano? No, my friend, how close are you to Jesus? How close are you to Him? Is He leading you in your daily life? Do you know him in such a manner that you know his voice? Can you go up in the grocery store and somebody feel Jesus? Can you be interviewing somebody and the man just feel God in such a way all he can do is talk about Jesus? We had another interview today. We did the same thing. Hey, I'm not ashamed. They say, well, Brother Whitlock, what are you going to do when they come and fire you because you over here talking about Jesus? I said, my friend, if I feel the Spirit of God compelling me to witness, they better get the pink slip. That's the truth. I've been in meetings. With, me and Brother Paul was in a meeting one night down in a high school in West Virginia. I never will forget it. And the Holy Ghost got to moving. Now, you want to rub me wrong? You want to get on my fighting side? You get between me and this anointing reaching a soul. Now, we'll part waters real quick. Somebody say, Amen, Walt. It's all right. So we was down in this high school, and they had this big famous group that sang, and uh, Amen, and, and others sang, and we began to preach the gospel. Listen, it's not the man preaching the, preaching the gospel. It's the gospel. You hear what I'm saying? It, it ain't no matter who's preaching it. The power is the gospel. For it is power unto salvation. We got to preaching and the Holy Ghost got to working. When the Holy Ghost got to working, them teenage kids and adults, Brother Paul was there, he'll tell you, they come down to that altar and they, it was old timey. I mean old timey move of God. And they was weeping and crying and wanting Jesus uh, to save their lives. About that time, one of them come out, Sister Jones, and they said, Hey! Hollering at me, right? Hey, over there! And I thought, you better go on, woman. And I kept on preaching. I kept, That's how the devil will do. You, it, let me tell you something. You better know how to let the, the anointing have authority. Now, don't you go around trying to act big and bad and take authority. You'll, you'll make a mess, but just follow God. And, and I just kept on preaching. Uh, they come down and was leading them to Jesus. And, and that girl kept hollering and said, Hey, we need to give a wee game away. Ain't that what it's called, one of them things? I wouldn't pay her no t <laughs> Look at Paul back there. He still loves it. So... 
I wouldn't pay her no attention. She'd literally just come right out there on the stage, right close to me. Hey, hey. I said, the Lord loves y'all. He'll help you. I just kept on preaching. And that woman kept, hey. I wouldn't pay her no more mind the man the moon. Finally, she went and talked to one of the team said, y'all go ahead and tell that man to sit down. We got a, we got a, a, a wee game to give away. They <laughs> They told her, said, ma'am, if you want to tell him to sit down, you go tell him yourself. <laughs> Honey, they were souls getting saved. They was getting something far better than silver or gold or anything this world has to offer. Amen. When they get to Jesus. Woo. That's how I felt when I got saved. I knew it was the best thing I ever got a hold of in my life. I promise you it was. I guarantee it. Never shall forget the day. How many of you here is tonight remember the day he saved you? Amen. What nothing like it, was it? Amen. You knew you got more than you ever deserved. I got to make it home to heaven. I've had one little glimpse of heaven. In my life, what I seen would astonish you. But I didn't see what I wanted to see. I seen colors that run down through a meadow off into a, where it looked like a big walled city. And it was a man I had prayed for. And the only reason I got to see it, because I was broken in a million pieces, because this boy was a heathen. Every time I would talk about Jesus, amen, he'd get furious and leave. God told me one day, he said, son, I want you to, he was the ground supervisor where I work at. He said, son, I want you to go witness to him. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to do it. It'll just offend the man. The Lord spoke to me and said, go do what I said. I don't care if it offends the man. He didn't quite say it exactly like that. But that's how he meant it. And I thought, I better check this out. The Lord's don't mind offending folk. Man, Brother David, I got to studying that word and how he ministered. He called them vipers and all sorts of things. Stiff-necked vipers. But he didn't do it out of being mean. He done it with a heart full of love. Amen. Because he knew that's what it would take. Uh, amen. To shake uh, those Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, amen. That had done and grafted themselves into self righteousness. I went in and the Lord made way. We got talking about our kids. And I told him as I was leaving, I said, the best thing you can do for your kids is get them to Jesus. For the first time in about 13 years, did the man not get mad and blow up. 13 years. We could be in a shop, I could just mention the name of Jesus, and the door would slam. But Jesus said, go witness to him. So we got to talking about, our, about his kids and my kids and what this world was doing to them. And the last words I told him, Oh, I knew it was from God. I said, B.J., B.J. Bailey was his name. Somebody might know him in here. I don't know. He wouldn't mind me telling you. I said, B.J., if you ever want to get saved, I said, the Bible said all you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. It's preachers that make it hard. I had a preacher tell me, oh, that wouldn't work. He didn't repent. He didn't say it like we say you ought to say it. That wouldn't work. I said, well, I don't know about that guy that was on the cross beside Jesus. He never did say the sinner prayer. He just said, Lord, remember me. Oh, it's the heart of God to save you. 
It's the heart of God to save. He left heaven, went through some awful things, allowed them to beat him until I believe that it was just ripping out the bone in his back. They plucked the beard out of his face. They made him carry his own cross as far as he could up Galgotha's hill. They laid him down and crucified him. I like something the pastor preached. He was looking for some grace. Said, I thirst. They gave him vinegar. But over everything they put him through, the Bible declared that he counted it joy. That's how much he loves you tonight. That's how much he'll help you tonight. There's not a storm in your life that he's not concerned about. If it concerns you, it concerns him. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Man, I get to going, I get everywhere, Sister Heaven. But I got to see heaven. The reason I seen heaven was two weeks after God told me to go witness to this man, he went home, sat down to dinner like he had done all his life, took a bite of hamburger and had a massive heart attack and left out of time and took up his boat in eternity. Be careful to follow Jesus. Their souls weighed in the balance. Don't play games with God. If there's something in your life tonight that would hinder you from making it home to heaven, for heaven's sake, get it fixed. Get it fixed. Man, I feel like I could scream that about ten times as loud as I possibly could. Make your calling and election sure. Don't be deceived. God shall not be mocked. I said, God, did my friend make it home to heaven? I said, Lord, I've prayed for years. Did he make it home? I didn't know. I was broken into a million pieces because I didn't know. Well, that night, that morning... I got up and testified of it in church. The pastor got up, and under the anointing, she said, Brother Whitlock, God showed me that he made it home to heaven. And I rejoiced. I was happy. But, Brother Jerry, I'm hard-headed. And I said, God, if you told her, if you showed her, you could show me. Buddy, that night, they had altar service, and I went down. And I began to weep and cry and pray. And I said, Lord, I believe the past, but I want to know from you. I said, Lord, I want to know from you. And all of a sudden, God took me into a vision, and I seen BJ, which was the ground supervisor get. He was standing in the middle of the most beautiful field you couldn't imagine it, with both hands raised up, and he was looking towards the city. And God let me know that most folk, they run to the city. They want to get to the city. I'd want to get to the city. I want to get where all the action is. I want to get where Jesus is at. But the Lord said these words. He said, son, he's at Mary and my landscape now. I seen it. Give Jesus a cheer in this place. Let God reset your button. Tonight, would you let God 
reset your button tonight to get so focused on making it home to heaven. The Bible said that the person that has this hope within them, it'll change you. When this, see, it's all head knowledge. You can ask any Christian, hey, man, you looking for heaven? Yeah, man. Golden street to walk upon. Yeah. But is it down here? They sing an old song. I can see the bright light shining. It's just about home time. I'm longing for Sister Linda. The Apostle Paul, he cried out. And he said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He'd done been into the third heaven. And I believe that there was such a longing because we feel pressed in this place. Because we in a war zone, Brother Don Leonard. Amen. And we must fight the fight. One day, we'll lay our weapons down by the riverside and we'll study war no more. Amen. Never, Brother Philip, to shed another tear. Never go through another hardship, another pain. No more sickness. No more disease. Dwell and listen. Listen. The goat, the, the gate made of a pearl is going to be beautiful. The walls of Jasper, the streets of gold, that city, amen, 1,500 miles square, having 12, 15 levels, 12 levels, 12 gates, I think. Don't hold me to it. But it's going to be a beautiful city. Going to be a river that flows out from under the throne of God. There'll be seraphims and angels and things that's going to astonish us. But the grand, but the summit, is the day I look upon you. I say, Lord, I don't know why. Why, Lord, would you even consider me? I don't understand it, sis. How could Jesus do what he did? Even the angels of heaven, they say, who is man that God would even care, would even consider? But he did. He loves us, folk. Let God hit the reset button tonight. Get refocused. Get a made-up mind, a determination in your heart. I'm headed for heaven. Maybe there's something in your life. Maybe there's some sin in your life tonight that would hinder you from heaven. You know how easily you can take care of sin? About a 60-second sincere prayer. Say, Lord, forgive me. And I turn from this to follow you. See, the devil deceived me for many years. Told me that the summit of life was out there. In a bottle. In a pipe. In the party. That's just death. That's just death. It's a deceit. I said it's a deceit. It's a one-way ticket to a devil's hell. We got pastors. Thank God we ain't got one here. Woo! But we got pastors throughout the land that'll pat you on the back and tell you that your sin is okay. He's a God of love. You will be all right. You know what they're doing? They signing their one-way ticket to a devil's hell. 
They say God would never send no one to hell. He's a God of love. Let me explain it. He is a God of love. We were the people with a sin debt, with a death wish. Amen. For the wages of sin is death. Somebody that's, if you sin, then you're going to pay it with death. And God so loved us, He didn't want us, Casey, to pay for our sins. Because he knew we couldn't. So he left heaven with us on his mind. And he died the death. He shed his blood and gave his life. Got up from the grave. So our sin, death, could be paid. So we would be eligible for heaven. There's power still in the blood of Jesus. There is now and there will forever be power in the blood of Jesus. For heaven's sake, I don't know why God keeps bringing me around this mountain, but there's somebody under the sound of my voice. You know there's things in your life. You know that if the rapture would have took place five minutes ago. You'd be sitting the same place that you're sitting now. There's somebody under the sound of my voice just like that. God's been dealing with you. God's been dealing with you. And, you've been, and God's been patient. God's been long-suffering, but he's dealing with you. And he's dealing with you to take care of it. He's dealing with you to turn from it. That you can get to him and he can get to you. Because ultimately the person I'm talking to, you're going through all the religious formats. And in the eyes of a man, everything looks good. But on the inside, you're dead. You're broken. And Jesus wants to give you life. That's why he died. That's why he died for you. It's just a decision. What will you choose tonight? Will you choose to keep walking? same old path or will tonight be your night will you say Lord I cannot live like this no more but I come to you and I give you my life